Let us pray. Holy and gracious Father, we ask that you speak. Speak through your word. Speak to us. Change us, O Lord. Help us to hear this wonderful new command that you give us. A new command that's not just to love our neighbors as we would want to be loved, but instead to love our neighbors as we have been loved by you you and your Son. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark Twain once said, the difference between the almost right word and the right word is the difference between the lightning bug and lightning. I like that. In our reading from John 15, Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. There is a big difference between servants and friends. Servants need to be ordered. Friends act freely. Servants are inferior. Friends are equals. Servants have no dignity. Friends receive honor. Servants do just enough. Friends go the extra mile. When I turned 30, my wife threw me a birthday party. And I knew about this party, so it wasn't a surprise party. But the one lament I had was that my dear friend, my dear friend Troy, he couldn't attend. And the reason was the party was on a Sunday, the day I actually turned 30. And because I didn't want to have a party on Saturday and then have to go to church, you know, so you know how that goes. So my parties are always on Sunday. But <laughs> you can understand this. I, I know you can understand this. Anyway, so it was on a Sunday, and my, my, my dear friend Troy couldn't come down. And the reason was because he's in Modesto, California. He's a pastor, Presbyterian pastor. So I love my friend Troy. I met him at seminary, and he was converted, brought to the dark side of the Presbyterians. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> anyway, I knew he couldn't come down. I was saddened by that, but he couldn't come down. So thankfully, right before the party began, or an hour before, he called me on the phone, and we talked for a half an hour, and we had just a nice conversation, because that's what friends do. They call. If they can't make it, they call. Anyway, the party began, and about two hours later, in comes Troy. He had called me from the cell phone, and I didn't know he was on the way. My best friend drove from Modesto down to Midway City on a Sunday, 375 miles, to be there. So friends do. The phone call was enough. It really was. But to go that extra distance, to preach on a Sunday morning, and right when everyone's saying goodbye, to tell the congregation, I'm leaving right now, as he did, hop in the car and go all the way down, is amazing. And he had a conference on Tuesday, so he only stayed Sunday night and then went back on Monday. But that's what friends do. And, and that's what Jesus means when he says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Jesus is saying that he's willing to go the extra mile for us. He's setting us free. He's making us equals. He's giving us great honor. I call you my friends. Oh, how we need to hear these words today. Because we think that we are simply God's slaves. We think God is the boss in heaven with a to-do list. And we better fulfill that to-do list. Or else. Or else maybe you'll have troubles in your life. 
troubles in your relationships. As if God is the great boss in the sky with his checkbook saying, oh, you've worked 10 hours, I'm going to pay you for those 10 hours. That's not how God is. That's not how the Bible describes God. I mean, the great truth of the Bible from the beginning to the end is that our relationship with God is not master-servant. It never has been. Our relationship with God is creator-creation or father-children or husband-wife or now friends. That's how God has always wanted it. That's how God has made it. Children are not servants. We might wish they would be. I know that I can't wait for my girls to get a little older and have more chores to be done. But when you think about it, there's no way children can be servants. They don't make enough. We have to pay them too much money to get any good value out of them, right? I mean, think about all the money you spend on them. And just at that time when they can actually produce some money for you, they've grown up and they're leaving. And they leave you with student loans. No one's laughing about this, but maybe you're crying because you know it's true. Children aren't, you don't have children because you want servants. You don't have children and go through all of that frustration and everything else because you're looking for a few good slaves. You have them because you love them. And you, you put up with them. And you hope that they might take care of you a little bit, but that's not why you have them. God did not make us because God needed a few servants. God made us because he wanted children. God made us because he wanted a spouse. God made us because he wanted friends. That's what Jesus is saying. God wants us he has a loving relationship. He wants a loving relationship with us. I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Now, the obvious question is, how does one become a friend of Jesus? I mean, that's the question, right? How, did the, how do we become friends of Jesus? Well, how did the disciples become friends of Jesus? It wasn't because they were faithful. If you look at the, the Gospels, the disciples are far from being faithful. Oh, Lord, our boat's sinking. Why are you sleeping? Oh, Lord, how are you going to feed the crowd? There's no stores around and we don't have enough stuff, right? Oh, Lord, we will never deny you bef before the cock crows. And Jesus the whole time is going, right. The disciples aren't friends of Jesus because of faithfulness. They did not earn the right to be friends. Instead, Jesus chose them to be friends. Listen to verse 16. You did not choose me. I chose you. You did not choose me. I chose you. These are words of gospel. You did not choose me is very important. Has humanity ever chosen God? Think about it. Humanity never chose God. Humanity chose to eat the fruit. Humanity chose to build a tower of Babel. Humanity chose to grumble in the wilderness. 
Humanity chose to make idols to worship. Humanity chose to rebel, to exploit each other, to murder each other. That's what humanity chose. You did not choose me, Jesus says. Or as the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 3, there is none righteous, not even one. Not one who seeks after God. You did not choose me, Jesus says. But I chose you. Jesus chose those disciples when they were fishing in a boat. Called them. Just like Jesus has chosen you. In the waters of baptism, he says, you're mine. You're a keeper. Or for some of you who weren't raised in the church, a friend brought you to a church or to a crusade. And there God, as you heard the word spoke, he chose you again, called you by the gospel, made a believer out of you right then and there. God chose you through a grandmother or a Sunday school teacher or a congregation. God chose you. The catechism tells us, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. Right? I did not choose, you did not choose me. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. You did not choose me, I chose you, Jesus says. And yet there's even better news than this. By choosing you, God not only calls you his friends, not only calls you his disciples, but God chooses you to give you a brand new future with a brand new purpose. And that purpose is the bare fruit. Verse 12, my commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. Or you did not choose me, but I chose you so that you would bear fruit, fruit that would last. Well, how did Jesus love us? He laid down his life for us, giving us everything, withholding nothing, dying, condemned, and abandoned to set us free. That is love. Love that does not insist on its own way, that does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love that bears all things. This is the new great commandment, and, and this is important because the old commandment is to love one another as you would want to be loved. Right? So I'm going to go and love someone. Why? Because I hope they love me back. The new commandment is love as you've been loved by Christ. That's entirely different. Our love now long, no longer is based on what I want to get. Our love now is based on what God has already given. He has set us free. He's made us his children. He's made us his friends. He's chosen us. He's set us free. He's given us honor and dignity. And then he says, love. And you know what that looks like? Because I've done it for you. Love. That's your new purpose. That's the future I've opened you up for. You don't have to go on a mountain and pray to me to make you holy. I make you holy, so now what? You have a lot of time. Love. You don't have to read all day in order for me to give you favor, God says. You have my favor. You're free. Now love. Love one another. Not as you want to be loved, but as you have been loved. That's the new commandment. That's the fruit God calls us to bear. 
That's the future he has for each one of us. And that's what separates the church from every other social group out there. The reason is because you're surrounded by friends, equals, free men and women, each with honor of their own. The church is meant to go the extra mile for each other and for the world. That's why we share the peace in the morning. Why? Because we do have peace with each other because we're equals now. We can shake hands with each other. We have a future together with God, and so we share the peace. Now, does that mean we always like the people we're sharing a peace with? No. We're still sinners. My daughters love each other. The moment Sydney grabs Abby's toy, as I've shared before, that old Adam rises up in Abby, and she swings at her sister. They're both children of God. They're both equals. They both love each other. But they don't always like each other. We are all friends in Christ, equals with one another. We love each other. We're called to go the extra mile for each other. Do we always like each other? No. But see, Jamie and I are not done raising our children. And God is not done raising us. That's why Jesus earlier has to talk about the vine and the branches. Why? Because if you have any hope of producing fruit, it's not going to be based on yourself. It must be based on as you're united to Christ, as the love of Christ sustains you and nourishes you and actually produces fruit in you. That's how you're going to mature. That's how you're going to grow. Even more, the Father is the great vine dresser, the great gardener, the great Father who will wash us and prune us and lead us so that we would bear fruit, fruit that would last. I did not choose you, Jesus says. You did not choose me. I chose you, Jesus says, and appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. On Friday, I received an email from Jenny Brockman. Many of you know Jenny we called Jenny here when we had about 30 people. And some of you might have received this email from Jenny. It's great. But she sent me an email about what's going on in her ministry in Denmark. And this is what she wrote. I'm just going to read a portion of the letter. She wrote this. On this late Friday night, in the stillness of my apartment, I realized that I could be doing many things at this exact point in time. I could be in California working at this amazing little church that isn't so little anymore, but whose passion for the gospel is unequal to any other church I've come in contact with. A church with such a unique and crazy story that it has to be true, that it has to be God working. Or I could be studying for a master's degree that so many people think that I should already have by now. Or I could be in Colorado, working at a church in the mountains where the teenagers are, are on fire for Christ. They have courage and love in their hearts. Or I could be out with my friends tonight all over the world. After all, it's a Friday night. But tonight I'm in a country that most people have no idea where on a map it's located. Tonight as I write to you, I have fallen in love all over again with these people. Maybe not all over again, 
but just realizing it again and again. It's the kind of steady love that gives you an incredible passion, the kind of love that only God can write on your heart. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about. You did not choose me, I chose you. And I have appointed you to bear fruit, the fruit of love to one another, to go the extra mile for each other. Reformation. Hear the good news one more time. Jesus has called you this day not a servant, but a friend. He has chosen you, handpicked you, called you by the gospel, and appointed you to love as you've been loved. This is the gospel truth. Soon you will receive the Lord's Supper, and you're going to hear again God's choosing words as he says to you, this is my body given for you. And this is my blood that is shed for And now you can say, for me, right? For me. As you hear those words, as you receive the body and and blood of our Lord, hear also in the back of your minds the words, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Hear the words, remain in me as I remain in you. Listen to the words, you are no longer servants, but friends. Oh, there is a big difference between servants and friends, and you are Jesus' friends. In his name, in his righteousness, in his death and resurrection, amen.